back. Hi. Somebody said hi. Hi. Okay. You are now invited, as it is time for our scripture, to get loud. Okay. You are invited to get out your Bible or open your Bible app and go today's reading from the New Testament. Uh, it's in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22. There are Bibles on the back of the chairs, um, and are, they are free for the taking if you would like or need one. If you are using one of them, you will find the reading on page 1078. These Bibles are in the New Living Tr Translation, and I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, so the wording may be slightly different. As you know, different translations did different things. Today's scripture is Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. Look up and give me some sign. Oh, it actually is on the screen. Yay. I'm seeing faces, so I think most of you found Matthew. Okay. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, an expert in the law, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And the second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Patty. You wanted to do what? You wrote a definition. Oh, man. <laughs> so the youth give me a word to work into the sermon. Obviously, I haven't planned to do that. <laughs> Thank you. And this, this morning, they gave me a definition as well. Well, I, I appreciate that. Okay. That, that will be a challenge. That's okay. That's good. Uh, so if I work the word into the sermon, I get to keep my dollar. And if I don't, then the youth get a dollar. And also, um, Patty just read to you from Matthew 22. So I would invite you to keep your Bibles open to Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40. But also, if you would bookmark Isaiah 43. And I know you like to have information ahead of time, but sometimes I don't think about these things in the sermon until later in the week. So you, know, so you got to give me a little bit of, of grace there. So keep Matthew 22 open and bookmark Isaiah 43, if you would. Let's take a deep breath.
gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I was a young adult, I felt extremely concerned about the long-term well-being of one of my childhood friends. We had reconnected several years after high school, and he just seemed to be struggling at the depth of his soul. And I prayed about the situation, but I continued to feel deeply troubled myself until one day at church, as I knelt and I prayed after communion, I swear I heard a voice say, Amy, he is my child too. I don't often tell that story because I know it sounds really weird, but that's what happened. I had an encounter in that moment with the God who leaves the 99 to find the one who is lost. As Jesus describes in Matthew 18, just a couple of chapters before the passage that we read this morning, in God, those who are lost are found. It took me years to understand that God had given me, in that moment, a personal watchword. So I have a definition too, Shannon, because watchword is a strange word, but it can be found in our dictionary. It's a word or a phrase expressing a person or a group's core belief. A watchword or a phrase, a watch phrase is different than a mission statement. A mission statement focuses on what we believe we are called to do, our purpose. In terms of a faith community like ours, a watchword is the story of a community's encounter with God based in Scripture. The story of our encounter with God, based in scripture. So I'm going to ask you to stay with me now as we explore this concept together because the watchword in our own story of encounter with God as a community called Morning Star will serve as the basis of our conversation throughout the season of Lent. So if the idea doesn't click today, it's okay. We have time. We have several weeks, in fact, and because many of us come from different traditions and we haven't always observed liturgical seasons, I want to make sure we are on the same page and remind everyone that the season of Lent begins on Ash Wednesday every year, and that was last Wednesday, and concludes on Easter Sunday. That makes today the first Sunday in Lent, and I didn't say of Lent, I said in Lent, because Lent is 40 days. So if you look on the calendar and you start on Ash Wednesday and you count to Easter Sunday, you will get more than 40 days unless you subtract the Sundays. When you take the Sundays out, we observe the grace of God on Sundays every day, but certainly on Sundays because Sundays are like many Easter's where we rest in the grace of God and we take a break from our Lenten practices of fasting. So however you count the days, the purpose of the season of Lent is to reflect on our own humanity, on the gift of life, and remembering how fleeting it is so that we recognize once again our total dependence on God. So at Morningstar, I'm inviting you into a collective Lenten practice of active listening, 
listening to God for our community's watchword, which is, again, the story of our encounter with God based in Scripture. And I'll give you an example. In the 1950s, when the bus boycotts were just getting started in Montgomery, Alabama, they weren't going so well. And it was a really stressful time. And the phone rang in the home of Martin Luther King Jr. And the voice on the other line threatened harm to him and to his family. And after that harrowing call, MLK sat with his head in his hands and he asked himself and God, what am I doing in this movement where my leadership seems to be necessary? When he heard in that moment, the way he told the story, the voice of God say to him, I am the God who makes a way out of no way. I will make a way where there is no way. That truth, that promise infused Martin Luther King with renewed energy, and it became a watchword for the civil rights movement. It galvanized the efforts of the people because it rooted their work not just in what they believed God was calling them to do, but in who God is, the God who makes a way. Dr. King would have recognized these words from Scripture, from the Old Testament prophet of Isaiah. That's why I invited you to turn to Isaiah 43. So I hope you have that marked, Isaiah 43, 19. These are the words of the prophet Isaiah, the words of God through the prophet, more accurately. And you can read in your Bibles there or your Bibles app, Bible apps, or you can look here on the screen. So God says through the prophet, see, I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I will make a way. Those words are worth highlighting. And it's also worth noting here that a watchword is not written by us. It's not something that we write like we do a mission statement. And a watchword is not merely discovered in scripture either. Watchwords are revealed by God, for a particular people in a particular place, for a particular season of time. So the purpose of this worship series is not to give you some choices so that we can select something that sounds good, that might fit Morningstar, but to lift up some narratives in scripture that describe ways that we encounter God so that we can start thinking about this because it's time for us to make sure that our mission is rooted in who we know God to be. It's not just a good thing to do because we want to do good in the world, but it's rooted in who we know God to be. So that's why we're taking a look at the greatest commandment today. So let's read again Matthew 22, just looking at verses 37 through 40 this time. Now, remember, when Jesus is asked by the religious leaders about the greatest commandment, they are not looking to him for wisdom. He's just embarrassed them. Basically, actually, literally telling them that they are wrong 
in their understanding of the resurrection. And so now they're trying to get back at him and to chip away at his own credibility that he has been developing with the crowds. And so they ask him about the greatest commandment. And he says in verse 37 of Matthew 22, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So we see Jesus in this moment rooting his answer in what he knows to be true from Scripture. The love of God is grounded in Deuteronomy 6, and love of neighbor can be found in Leviticus 19. But even more than that, Jesus seals this proclamation by saying that these commandments, they point to all of the teachings in the law and of the prophets. It all boils down to love. I've said it before, and I will say it again until we can all repeat it together. To love is to choose to will the good of the other. Is to choose to will the good of the other. That's what St. Thomas Aquinas said, and we believe it, because this is the kind of love that Jesus was talking about. Love that is more than a feeling. Love that is a state of being that is always poised for action. But our actions work best when they are aligned with what we think and what we believe. And that's what made Jesus' words so challenging to the religious leaders of the day. He wasn't just challenging the way that they practiced their faith. He was challenging how they understood their holy text in the first place. He was challenging their encounters with God. So they wanted to prove that he didn't really know what he was talking about. So they tried to test him. Well, I have a test for you today, but it's not to prove that you don't know what you're talking about. It's to prove that you do know what you're talking about. But don't panic. We're going to take it together. You know this. Question one. How many times does the word love appear in the Bible? 63, 551, 1024, or 227. I want C to be true, too, but it's actually B. <laughs> 551 times, depending on the translation. So the second one will be more familiar to you. Finish the verse. We love because of Jesus, because John loved us first, because God first loved us, or because Jesus performed miracles. We love because God first loved us. That's right. That's from 1 John chapter 4. Question 3 now. How many times is Peter asked by Jesus if Peter loves him? Yeah, 3. To counteract the three times that Peter denies Jesus when he's on the cross, when he's being crucified. The answer is 3. Question Four, finish the verse, let us love one another because love comes from God. Yeah, I gave you the answer. Uh, so that's chapter four, chapter four, again, of, of 1 John, the letter of 1 John. Okay, last question. When is the word love first mentioned in the Bible? Genesis, 1 Corinthians, Exodus, or Matthew? 
Genesis. Yeah. This is the story of Abraham and Isaac, that what is sometimes called the near sacrifice of Isaac. So it describes the love of Abraham for his son, and it teaches us that God's love for us is like the love of a parent. In the very first book of the Bible, we get the sense that love is critical, it's crucial to who God is and to who we are. All of these references and the words of Jesus teach us that love is not just an important idea, but it is a description of ways that human beings encounter God. Because God is love. It's a watchword. God is love. And we are to love God in return by loving our neighbors. And when we love our neighbors, that reminds them and us that God is love. These ideas, they reinforce each other. It's an important message in the season of Lent when we are reflecting on really just how precious life is, how fleeting. So perhaps this year, our individual Lenten practices could be rooted in love. Maybe we fast from a meal or two and we give the money that we would have spent on food to the food pantry, to feed people who are hungry. Or maybe we give up an afternoon a week to spend in conversation with students from Camino Real Middle School who need to know that God loves them too. Or maybe we spend time in scripture reading the 551 references to love because we need to be reminded that we are loved. Or maybe we write notes to people who need to be reminded that they are loved and they don't have much interaction with other human beings. It's not too late to start. It's not too late to claim a Lenten practice. And maybe loving God and loving neighbor will become your own personal watchword or watch phrase revealed to you in a moment of encounter with God similar to the one that I experienced all those many years ago when I was in agony over the well-being of my friend. Or perhaps God will reveal another piece of scripture as we listen together for the watchword for our community. However we choose to observe the season of Lent this year, my prayer is that we as a community will practice active listening. Active listening as we remain open to an encounter with the God who is love. Amen? Amen. I couldn't do it, y'all. Mulligan was the word. I was too focused on making sure we understood what watchword meant. <laughs> so you get a dollar. In your worship bags, kids, you will find a cross, a wooden cross that you can hold in your hand to remember that God is with you. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may our love of you become real and tangible in our love of our neighbors. You display your almighty power in loving us without regret. In the human heart of Jesus, your son, you have shown us how far love can go. Give us a love that is forgiving, generous and gentle like that of Jesus that we may recognize and welcome Jesus in our brothers and our sisters and all of our siblings. And may our hearts reach out first to the poorest and the least lovable as we acknowledge those times when we ourselves are difficult to love. 
With gratitude for your grace, we offer ourselves to love you and others better today than we did yesterday and even more tomorrow. We pray these things by the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>